anatomical pathology is one of the best kept secrets in medicine. It's a really exciting field. It's intellectually stimulating, so much collaboration with other specialties. Though we don't see patients face to face most of the time, we help patients every single day. Associate Professor Trish Leong. I'm an anatomical pathologist and I'm the Vice President of the Royal College of Pathologists. Find your path to pathology with the RCPA Microwaves podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to this RCPA Microwaves podcast. I'm Associate Professor Trish Leong, and today I'm delighted to be speaking with Dr. Natasha Prosser. Natasha studied and completed her JMO years in Western Australia, uh, but when the time came to apply for a path training position, she decided to make the move to Sydney, and where she's now in her final year of training. Natasha is a member of the RCPA Training Committee, and she's passionate about advocating for her fellow trainees and saw the way saw the committee as a way to learn more about the college. And when she's not busy advocating, <laughs> Natasha's been known to impulse buy artwork, particularly during the busy exam periods. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to grill you about that as well, Natasha. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the RCPA Microwaves podcast. Thanks very much for being here. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really lovely to be here. The purpose of these of these little talks really is to get people uh, give people a little bit of a taste, I guess, from someone who's actually working as a working as a trainee and about to about to enter the field, so they can find out a little bit more about um, your particular discipline, and in in this case also my particular discipline, and um, what they might be able to expect from training. So. I suppose you're a bit closer to training <laughs> to training than than I am now. I'm a little bit down the road, but maybe we can start off by giving people um, people who don't know a general idea. We start really start. We always start really basic. So, what is what what is pathology? Well, I guess the textbook definition of pathology is the study of disease. But um, in a medical setting, I guess pathology it's a medical specialty, and it deals with um, the um, analysis of human biological samples. And I guess pathology in general is a bit of an umbrella term with the specialty because it also encompasses a number of subspecialty disciplines, which are standalone disciplines. And that includes genetics, hematology, micro, microbiology, as well as uh, anatomical pathology and some others. Mm. So anatomical pathology, I suppose, um, I suppose if you were working in a hospital, we're probably the pathologists that people see see the most of if you're if you're another doctor. But on the other hand, we're pretty hidden from the general, the general public. I know whenever someone, whenever I ask someone to come, you know, come and meet me in the Department of Anatomical Pathology, and I think whenever they rock up to the hospital, they get sent through to, they get sent through to where people get blood taken. <laughs> so, if you had to um, describe AP, I guess to someone who doesn't, and an path to someone who doesn't know anything about it, um, what 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 is it? What do we, what do we what do we do? Well, our special specialty does it uh, deals with tissue as well as cells. So. Um, tissue is, is pretty much anything that you can cut out, we can cut up. So it can be anything from like a skin biopsy, if you go to your general practitioner and have a, have a sample of, uh, have a lesion taken off, or it could be, you know, you could be having a, a surgery for a bowel cancer or breast cancer. So we get all those kinds of tissues. 
Um, cytology is also really important for in our field as well, and it's um, you can see that when you go to, again go to the general practitioner and have a, a cervical smear test to detect for cervical cancer, or if you have a lump that they can take some cells out or some fluid buildup, they can take some fluid out and have a look at the cells under the microscope. So mm -hmm. we deal with tissue as which is histopathology and cells which is cytopathology. So what what tipped you over the line to to look at AP then? Oh, that's such a tricky question. I think that um, I really, I still don't know what I really want to do when I grow up. I mean, I think that <laughs> no. AP Does is anyone ever? evolving. <laughs> I, know, I know it's it's so silly, but I think that's still evolving for me. And I know that I probably want to move, you know, with with teaching and education as well. And I, I but I know that I can incorporate that into my my um, career choice. I think that I, um, you know, I tried a number of different specialties and every, and I wanted to try more. I just felt like I was getting to the point in my career that I needed to make a decision and, or, you know, you don't have to, I guess, but I needed to make a, a career decision that was going to um, secure me a really good job in the future. And it's something that I really like doing now and in the future as well. And I, I knew that's what it would be for anatomical pathology. Well, like you say, there's certainly um, there's certainly no shortage of jobs for us. I think job security, right. and that's really and that's yeah. And look, that is something that that people do take into account when they're when they're making their career choice. Um, job security plus uh, I, working working conditions too. I mean, we oh, absolutely yeah. The on on call on call is certainly not as onerous as some of the some of the clinical specialties um, for yeah. sure. Mm. I've definitely done some horrific. Um, <laughs> call shifts like you'd start at fr uh, Friday morning at eight o'clock and you wouldn't finish till Monday you know eight o'clock and you know the 12 14 hour days and um you know relentless overnights I, I just don't think I enjoyed that any anymore so I'm glad I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing I think I just took a bit of a leap of faith and um after a lot of soul searching and um, when I applied, I was really happy when I got the position. I knew that was, for me, that was a really satisfying thing, that feeling that I, I knew I was going to do the right thing. But I think it's really difficult when you don't get exposed to, to that um, as a junior doctor or a medical student. Yeah, I think that's a real problem at the moment. We have a we have an exposure problem. Everyone, everyone sees what doctors do on the wards, um, yeah. but it's a lot harder to see what people do in the lab um, unless you are Unless you're fortunate enough, like you, to have have done a, done a scientific rotation. Um, yeah, true. For for me, uh, you know, I, I'm probably a bit aberrant. I I'm a second I'm a second generation anatomical pathologist. So I grew uh -huh. up with some. I yeah, I was just fortunate that I grew up with someone who who um, did AP. Having said that. Probably as growing up as a child, probably had no idea what they actually did on a day on a day to day basis. But um, but I but. And my father was also quite a, probably a, quite a different pathologist from me. He was a he was an academic, um, you know, wrote wrote lots of papers. Uh, that's my that's my memory of him dictating papers in in the evening. <laughs> but um, but I guess I, at least I had I knew that it was available as a career as a career option. Mm. And and I think yeah, a lot of med students maybe don't don't even don't even think of it. Um, no. as a possibility. Um, you're still fairly early in your career, but I've, I've found as um, as my career has progressed, I've liked the fact that in AP you could either choose to um, there's sort of different niches for different people. You can you can be quite a generalist maybe and work work in work in the private sector. You can 
choose to be someone who subspecializes in a certain, you know, in a certain organ system and, you know, become a bit of an expert there. Um, mm. Or you can even, you can even sort of, uh, I, I feel like there, there are options for you. Like uh, over the course, over the course of my career, I've done perinatal pathology. I've done cervical, I've done cervical cytology. Um, I've n- now I do molecular. There's lots of different different areas that that you can get get involved in that are that yes are you can attractive. certainly um, carve a direction for yourself I actually like the idea of, of being a little bit more general um, mm. I think that the you know one of the benefits especially as a registrar we get to see so many different things every single day you know it can be anything from a little skin biopsy to uh, I think when I first came to anatomical pathology um, they were talking about pelvic exenterations which I'd never heard of in all my my career and when I saw them it was you know quite an incredible specimen it was you know a cat but basically an exenteration is is a removal of like a locally aggressive or locally advanced malignancy in the pelvis and it can include pretty much anything that's left in the in the pelvis and including some of the bone and um, you know, sacrum and, the, and other areas as well. And these are quite remarkable specimens that, that we get to deal with on a, on a daily basis. So it's not just one system, you know, you've got gynecological, you've got uh, breast and brain as well, you know, really diverse specimens. So what sort of um, traits do you think you are good to have if you're, if you're thinking about becoming an anatomical pathologist? I think that probably having a really good eye, that's really helpful. Like you, um, if you're a good problem solver and um, you're, you, you've you got uh, good sort of intuitive skills, but I think having a good eye for pattern recognition and subtleties in the things that you're seeing really makes a difference. Uh, you, you've got to have, a, I think you've got to be a bit of a lateral thinker as well. I, mean, I don't think that's a compulsory thing, you, you know, but it certainly helps to think that, um, you know, why things happen. So uh, just an innate curiosity. Um, I think that some other things would be probably helpful for everything in medicine, but I think one of the the most complimentary things anyone has ever said to me is that you're a sensible person, and it sounds like like a backhanded compliment. No, 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 process thinking, yeah. (laughs) It is, and it's being careful, it's being safe and uh, knowing your limitations, um, knowing where to go go for help and being aware of, you know, that is is the most important job in the world is to look after that patient and being able to be very careful and and thoughtful about that process. Mm. And I think the other thing that is... um, really important as a pathologist uh, is um, being able to interact with other people. So definitely your um, interpersonal skills really comes into place with with that. Do you have a um, a particularly memorable patient experience or an interesting case that, that you might be able to describe for our listeners? <laughs> Oh, I I think that we we often get very strange specimens through anatomical pathology. Um, Weird uh, things in big buckets. (laughs) Yeah, a big bucket of mucin. That's pretty disgusting. Um, We got a knife one day. Someone someone had been stabbed, and they went to the emergency department with a knife sticking out of them, and um, they didn't know what to do with this knife, so they sent it to anatomical pathology, and we're like. It's a knife. It's so very impressive. Um, someone did a um, an endoscopic um, examination of a patient, and so looked into their stomach or their small intestine, and they they tried to take a little biopsy, and they ended up 
taking out um, what they thought was a, a mucosal biopsy and it turned out to be a tomato seed. But anyway, we, we processed that and it looked so cute underneath the microscope. It actually had hair on it. And so you could, you could picture match it histologically and tell what type of tomato it was. That was really cute. Um, and I guess other specimens that like surprise me every day are um, those extensive pelvic exenterations. And um, I think I've had, we deal quite frequently in um, like soft tissue uh, and bone tumours, and we can have things like um, hind quarter amputations or fore quarter amputations. So it's pretty much an entire leg or an entire arm that comes in. And that's a, quite a significant procedure. And often they're young people as well. So, um, you know, being able to uh, address those and care, uh, care for that patient in that way, that's, you know, quite I feel quite um, encouraged by that in my mm. my field. Every so everything from uh, the ridiculous to the fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I think different I, range I, of things. <laughs> I, I got the ridiculous call last night um, from specimen reception. I'm on I'm on call at the moment, and uh, and they rang to ask me uh, what should we do with this specimen. I said, can you read out the clinical notes to me? I said, foreign body from left nostril. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. Um put that in the fridge. We'll deal with it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds urgent. Yeah. Uh so you're at the end of is this your fifth fifth year, Natasha, in, in, yeah, in right. training? Yeah. So can you maybe just quickly outline the training pathway for for people if you're if you want to become an anatomical pathologist? Sure. Um so to, to become an anatomical pathologist, it's a it's a medical you have to have your medical degree. You have to have two years in the field, basically. So at the moment, it's a it's an intern year and a resident year or a registrar year, depending on what you're doing, but a minimum of two years working in the general system. Um, you can apply for training after, the, after that. And uh, if you secure a position, it's a five-year training program. With that, there are a number of examinations that you have to do. So there are um, there's the basic pathology examination, which we'll probably talk about later, as well as a number of other uh, uh, sort of uh, exams to see you through the third fourth and fifth year uh, to check your competencies. Uh, there is also a portfolio that you have to uh, submit, which is it's basically it's a combination of, um, of elements that you have to have done incorporating research as well as teaching. So it's, it's not too onerous and it's quite interesting to, to try to um, put that together. After you have uh, finished your time in the field, as well as your examination and your portfolio components, uh, and you've passed your done done that time in the field, uh, you are eligible to become a fellow of the college and seek employment as a consultant or a staff specialist. We cannot forget the most critical question of the interview, Natasha. Tell me about your your impulse buy artwork. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's definitely a guilty a guilty pleasure when I should be studying. I, I you know I go into <laughs> different websites and I see these new artists and I, I'm quite excited. I aspire buy things to cheer me up and get me over the exam lull. Um, I think since moving to Sydney, I've seen a, a lot of local artists, which I really really love. Really enjoy um, the work of the local artists and. Um, especially when they represent um, things in my environment that I identify with, like, you know, the the Banksia tree or a, a river or something like that. Um, so, and, and sort of a little bit, you know, unusual things like that. Um, most recently, there's a group of people, I don't know if I can say this, oh, it can, it's kind of like a charity. It's called the Incognito Art Show. 
and it's a um, it's a collective that uh, people donate their art. So artists from like famous artists and you know not famous artists, medical students and all sorts of things um, do a painting and they submit it um, to to this art show, and then it goes on sale and you can purchase the art for a hundred dollars, and all of that money goes to that art foundation, the Incognito Art Foundation, um, to support disabled artists, and um, you can purchase it for a hundred dollars. But the catch is you don't know who it's by. Mm. So you could uh, you could purchase something that's worth thousands of dollars, or you could you know purchase something that the you know some kids done, or which is they're all amazing, and you know that's the whole whole point of it. It's just such a great initiative. Well, you you make anatomical pathologists sound far more sophisticated and cultured. <laughs> Well, look, thank you very much, Natasha. It's been, um, it, I hope it's been illuminating for the people who are listening. I think, it, I think it's been a great uh, talk. But do you have any final words for a medical student um, who is considering anatomical pathology? I, I absolutely. Thank you so much, Trish. Um, I think that anatomical pathology is one of the best kept secrets in medicine. It is um, for me, and I'm sure many others. It's a really exciting field. It's intellectually stimulating. Uh, it's an interesting field. There's so much collaboration with other specialties, and um, we, at the end of the day, even though we don't see patients face to face most of the time, we help patients every single day. And I think that really is one of the most satisfying things of, of my job and career. That's fantastic. Thanks again, Natasha. Um, it's been great. To find out more about a career in pathology, go to rcpa.edu.au.